0: Welcome to Moon Chasers Podcast, where three generations of witches compare their unique journeys with the craft, sharing their irreverent takes on things like daily practices, ethics, and current events, and the ridiculous way witches are portrayed in pop culture. Pour yourself a spot of tea, or some other magical libation, as they and their guests discuss tarot, astrology, feminism, and all things witchy, sometimes with wine.
1: Thing in my head, real quick. Here we are, but I'm good.
0: Are we going? Good.
1: Are we recording? Oh shit! (laughs) (laughs) We're we're all
0: good. We're all good.
1: (laughs) Oh my god, is it 2024 yet? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I was listening
0: to somebody talk about today about how January is just the longest month of the year. Like you think it's over, and then it's not. Absolutely, and it's the thirty first, and then <laughs> it's still January. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: my dry January doesn't end until Friday, so it's especially long.
0: Oh well, well, <laughs> uh, good for you though. Good for you. That's not happening for me. I said uh, it's a, uh, it's been a week, and it's only Tuesday, and I, yeah. uh, I've got my glass
1: of wine here for our discussion today. It does not <laughs> feel like Tuesday. It does not feel. Like it, <laughs> it, I, I don't know yesterday, what it feels like. Yesterday felt like Tuesday. Today feels like Thursday, and I don't. Sure. Mm, it well, I mean, for me, my schedule is weird. So, for right. me, the fact that it feels like Thursday is a bad thing. It doesn't feel like Friday's right around the corner. <laughs> um, yeah. It because I. Yeah. I won't. I won't discuss what my job is on here because one of my employers is a avid listener to podcasts, um, but. The way I work, I work a week on and a week off, and those gotcha. weeks are particularly rough on me. Mm-hmm. So if right. it feels like a Thursday, it feels like that rough week is right around the corner. Oh, that's not yeah. good. Yeah. No. yeah, no,
0: but it's only Tuesday. So let's let's it's only Tuesday. Hell yeah, it's
1: only Tuesday. Positive.
0: So to- let's welcome all the witches and curious people who are listening to us today. Hello, hello. Our oh. second episode, and we're going to talk in bulk and sex and love, witch lore and spells and magic. And I'm super excited to get into this because I've been ready for this topic <laughs> <laughs> my whole life. I've been ready for this topic. <laughs> That's awesome. <sighs> I love it. Um, so yeah, let's let's start though. Let's talk about Shay. I'll start with you. Hello. What's what's keeping you witchy these days? It's
1: been what's a month. Keep, what is keeping me witchy? Sitting in a bathtub with my eyes closed and listening to music, honestly. Mm-hmm. I'm really letting my my Pisces rising, Pisces, Venus, and Mars <laughs> shine through with the music and the water. So earlier this month, I did a ritual under the full moon that was in Cancer. So it was a perfect full moon because Cancer can't... Uh, Cancer is ruled by the moon cancer you know in the fourth house it no yeah the fourth house Mm -hmm. jenny's looking at me (laughs) i'm not even gonna look at her on the computer because i know she's looking at me shamefully it's like how dare you not know have i taught you nothing girl um (laughs) uh i did but can't you know ruled fourth house the house of home and family so i did sort of like a little one of my little bardic rituals you know where i write a poem and leave stuff out underneath the moon um, kind of wishing and trying to manifest a safe home for me. Cause I'm looking into buying a house mm-hmm. and the the moon and the world works in weird ways because, you know, I, I feel like I have manifested things before. Like I feel like I manifested, you know, my, my writing job, you know, I feel like I've, I've manifested things with these rituals before and I had a weird way of manifesting, getting a, a new and safe home because I'm getting evicted in 60 days. So I guess this is the universe kicking me in the ass going, Hey, go now. So not, that's so not cool. <laughs> it's fine. My landlady is, um, this is what happens when you rent from an unethical landlady who is uh, not um, supposed to be renting to you. Uh, right. They can kind of just do whatever they want, whenever they want. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's all good. But yeah, this is, it's all good. The universe is telling me, to, they were like, well, if you want this now, <laughs> do it now then. Right. So it's, you know, that's magic is, is weird. That's
0: how it, yeah, that's, that's kind of what happens is a lot of times you get sort of pushed into a place of discomfort because it's getting you to where you need to be unfortunately but you know one of the things that i remember telling i had a friend in your situation a long time ago and they were struggling for money and struggling with their career and all these things and we were sitting there kind of having our our friendly like bitch slash therapy session on the phone
1: hmm.
0: and i just told him i was like look everything's temporary everything every single thing that you go through every single day Whether it's temporary for a year, temporary for a month, temporary for a day, an hour, it's all evolving and changing and shifting no matter what. And even the times that you're like, I never want this to end, it's still temporary. You know, Mm -hmm. so, and he was like, fuck, I needed to hear that today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I need to hear that today. So I appreciate you. It's, it's uh yeah so so I mean thanks universe I mean and it's proper because honestly I don't need to be in this situation anymore and like even if I have to you know live with my mom and stepdad for a couple I gotta be like every millennial and eventually move back in with my parents <laughs> for at least a little bit um and uh and yeah You could be there, a Gen like, Xer
0: where your parents move in with you I mean <laughs>
1: i feel feel like whatever happens like what in the future this is what i feel like is going to happen like in the distant distant future when you know my mom it like you know i i'm not trying to like wish ill on anybody but if she happens to be because i have like four or five parents i've lost count i have a lot of step parents (laughs) and my dad was married like three times um But when my mom is like, if if she happens to be the last parent standing, she's gonna try to convince me. She'll be like, "Why don't you move in here with me?" Because she won't want to be alone, right? And she'll want me to be there. But she'll act like, "Oh no, I'm doing you a favor." (laughs) I mean that in a loving way towards my mom. That is not a unkind. I'm not saying that in an unkind way. Whenever I hear about people planning things like that, or just like a.
2: Um, I guess older parent moving in just on a duo kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, it's either Golden Girls or it's Gray Gardens. Like, between the two.
1: So that's our future. All of us are going to be the Golden Girls. We need yep. to get a number, we need to get a fourth. So, that- yes. No, we have to
0: have like a tiny house coven commune where we have like, yes. you know, tiny God, houses I- in a big circle with a fire pit in the center. And, we live off the land, and yeah, you have no that's, idea that's how much
2: I, mean. I want that. That's no, no, I, really I think we do. <laughs> oh, you know, like tiny little houses, and then like a huge outdoor kitchen in the middle.
1: Yes. And oh my god! For everybody, big bonfires, <laughs> and oh, I and oh, like they libraries. do like in the Netherlands.
0: Don't they do that in the Netherlands somewhere? Like, yes, yeah, yeah, you know. Some- yeah, <laughs> well I'm glad though Shay that you're what's making you feel witchy is an act of self care though like I feel yeah. like those like you are performing magic just by doing that even if you're not recognizing it at the time but you are
1: thank you're you you're just doing
0: it for yourself yeah
1: yeah, yeah. I just need what to sit in a bathtub sometimes oh <laughs> honey, I do it all the time
0: <laughs> yes. yeah. what about you Jenny what are you doing to feel witchy Uh,
2: actually, since our last recording, I've I've had several instances come up where I actually had to get into spell work a little bit more, which isn't it's actually not usually my MO. I'm a little bit more of like, let me just play with my herbs and my plants and my my moon rituals and things like that. But um, I am trying to we're trying to buy a house. I am trying to manifest a home as well. Um, and then I had a couple of sticky situations come up with freelance work and other jobs and, you know, there, there are names frozen in my freezer and, you know, the whole, the whole deal. So Mm. that's not always, it's been an active month. Let's say that. And it's not all bad and things have been moving in the right direction. So taking that as a win, but yeah, it's, it's been a weird, it's been a weird month.
0: It's been, well, like we were saying, it's been a long month, but it's yes. it's been an active month for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of shifting and lots of changing. And mm-hmm. I've been, because of you, witches, I've been keeping up with my astrology and things that are going on.
1: <laughs> yeah. We did it. Yes, we brought I you know. over to the yeah. dark side. <laughs> I the love dark it. side of the Lilith. but <laughs> <laughs> that's a really oh a- I
0: found out since we talked last time because um I knew I had looked at my Lilith a long time ago and I couldn't remember what it was in but mine is in Scorpio y'all which you know Scorpio is not in anything in my chart no nothing near it yes and uh I was like of course it is
1: <laughs> I actually think it's my Lilith is supposed to be your um your hidden feeling. I always say cuz I talked to Jenny about this. Lilith is like one of the signs you look at like Lilith and Chiron are the signs that you look at when you're doing like um shadow work. Shadow work, yeah, for sure. Probably yeah. your moon, probably your moon too just, you know, emotions. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, mine is an Aquarius, which means which explains, you know, why it's it's part of my oppositional nature. Like I, 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 I thrive on being a rebel, and I thrive on being oppositional. <laughs> but it's also a little bit of your sexuality too. A little bit. I mean, Mars is more your sexuality, but it's a little bit. It yeah. The, yeah.
2: the um asteroids kind of have a slightly different feeling. I guess yeah, feeling. Yeah. I don't know. It, I think it's really interesting though that like you know. For the most part, not. I feel like aren't all of the asteroids female myths
1: and female like gods and stuff? I mean, uh, when, well, like like the asteroids, like the dwarf planets. Well, no, or just I... like like Chiron and Lilith and. Oh. Uh, uh- I don't – I think Chiron is a is a masculine myth. Is it? Okay, then. I, but That's I – am
2: Step all over
1: my point. <laughs> but, but, I mean, no, Lilith,
2: though. Lilith yeah. definitely is. No, so. I thought I had read somewhere recently that that was kind of like modern day – or no, I, I heard it on a podcast. It's kind of like yeah. the modern day astrologers' um, attempt at not making astrology such like a masculine-based kind of, yeah.
1: you know. Well, I feel like all the moons of all the planets are kind of a lot of them are named after like Shakespeare characters, at least the Jupiter ones are because there's so many damn Jupiter moons. Um, (laughs) But uh, is there any other ways we're feeling witchy? Yeah. Any other ways? Um,
0: I actually have been listening to more podcasts. Um, I've had more time in my commute that I have started doing this past, I guess, fall. Um, I did finally finish. I listened to all of the Practical Magic series books all over again. I've done some travel for work. And so I got to listen to all of them again. And uh, I can't wait to have a whole
1: episode about that. Yeah. I
0: still need to do
1: the second one.
0: Um, But I actually am looking into starting – I was – talking to Jenny about this earlier, starting to do sort of not a a huge overblown, this is all I'm going to do for the rest of my life, you know, for money, because that's not really what's calling me to it. Um, I started designing some stickers for uh, spell candles and use artwork to be able to decorate it that's more symbolic versus Um, you know, reading whatever is on the side of your candle Mm -hmm. whenever you're doing a spell. And I have also, uh, been looking into starting some group ritual ventures because I do ritual and spell work on my own, but very rarely within the, the realm of the people that I have in my circle, am I doing it just for myself? Uh, most of the time, they're like, hey, can I get in on that? Yeah. <laughs> and I have found that the the ones that I'm doing that are not just for my own reasons or my own immediate uh, issues or just what I feel like I need to work on have been stronger. Uh, and I think it's there's just the intention behind them is different whenever I work for other people versus mm-hmm. working solely for myself. Uh, which is probably why I've always liked coven work as well. Um, And so, yeah, I'm looking into doing that as well. So, you know, which for hire, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I jokingly say, but um, yeah, I'm looking into those things, um, which is also forcing me to look at it every single day, you know, work Mm -hmm. on it every single day. That's awesome.
2: Want to hear more about that when you get it fleshed
0: out? yeah i it's it's going to be probably um after ostara that i get everything set up you know mm-hmm. once uh, when it's a good time of the year um yeah so that's what i'm working on that's making me feel witchy other than my regular stuff you know candles and baths and uh, yes. uh i think it's just the work that i have done over the past year i have this strong feeling of belief in myself You know, and we talked about witch posture syndrome last Mm -hmm. time and how it's really easy to let that creep in, but, uh, by consistently doing the work, I feel like it's actually seeping into my bones, you know, that, you know, yes, this is what you do and this works and here's proof and write down your proof and make sure you go back and look at your proof, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing.
1: I love like my witchy role model, you know that? we both are. (laughs) Ursula is everybody's. (laughs) I mean, if it wasn't for Ursula, I never would have met you, Jenny. So I know
0: exactly. (laughs) That's that's a big thing, you know, bringing things together. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, um, speaking of that, let's go into some of the people that we, people, places, things, sites, products, whatever, you know, we like to lift other people up and what they're doing and what magic they're putting out into the world. Shay, you want to go first? Jenny, why don't you go first? Shay's doing a dance. So yes, I I was excited to go first.
1: (laughs) So this is, so kind of like last time, I apologize for this. This isn't very witchy because I know last time mine was more, um, uh, women's empowerment, you know, with, with, you know, Lizzo, uh, what she did with her speech. Um, this one is also not technically witchy unless you count, you know, knowledge, knowledge and studiousness as witchiness. Um, but last time, uh, anybody that listened to the episode last time, which if you didn't, you you should go back and listen to yeah, it. Yeah, you should wink, wink. definitely do that. <laughs> um, but I, we we kind got of got off on a tangent, as we are wont to do when I'm talking. Um, <laughs> it's what I do best, yo. Um, we started talking about why so many vampire characters, like modern day vampires, oh, right. <laughs> are Confederates for some reason. <laughs> and I will be damned. There is a really wonderful YouTuber named Princess Weeks. Weeks is spelled W-E-E-K-E-S, and Princess is spelled like you know, Princess. And um she did this whole deep dive into why we are obsessed with the idea of vampires being confederates. And ooh, she just did a whole deep dive. It was very enlightening. Um you can tell she actually like liked the source material that she was, you know, talking about. So, you know, right. you can tell she had like a love and a knowledge for it. And so, uh, and even if she didn't like love it, she at least knew what she was talking about. But yeah, Princess Weeks. Just type in Con- Princess Weeks Confederate <laughs> vampires. It'll pop up on YouTube. <laughs> but yeah, so now we know. Now I know. <laughs> well, well, can you can you give any little um, insights? So, so basically, it's because there's. I mean, um, oh she she put it so like, uh, like just so academically. I, I feel like I'm gonna butcher it, but basically. What she was saying is that throughout, you know, the past, you know, 150, 60 years, um, Americans, especially Americans in the South and not necessarily even Americans in the South. There's like a lot of Americans that kind of romanticize the idea of the lost cause of the South, like the lost cause myth of the mm. South and. Um, And we just we just tend to romanticize the Confederate South and everything because, you know, there was even like a little bit of that in um, in Firefly. Apparently, I never I've never seen Firefly, but apparently there was a little bit of that romanticization of lost cause antebellum Confederate South and uh, tying that with vampires um it it makes them a bit more broody i guess cuz mm-hmm. they're already broody but it like adds another touch of like american broodiness cuz i guess if you think about it you know america is a relatively young nation yeah and and yeah. when we think about like you know broody historical time periods you know we don't necessarily have the the same kind of you know uh, edwardian or victorian mindset is right. like english people would and so like the confederate south is like the closest thing we have to like gothic literature yeah okay really. that's what and i was wondering if you know, that like confederate literature like it. yeah it's kind of it's kind of messed up but <laughs> it's, well but i wonder don't you
0: yeah oh i mean so don't you think it also has a lot to do with the <laughs> fact that the Confederate South got introduced to a lot of things that were from abroad. So you're talking about, um, yeah.
1: Like they were very English inspired. Yeah.
0: Well, well, the, the fact is like it, when you go up, you know, into the Northeast and you go into new England, then you are definitely still dealing with like the English mindset, the Puritan Mm -hmm. mindset, Mm -hmm. the, and, and once you start going into the South and you start introducing I don't want to get into a whole conversation, but you start, well, not just French, but you start introducing slavery and people from Africa and, and, uh-huh. uh, the Caribbean their, their culture. and, yeah. and other cultures and cultures because they right. yeah. Yeah. And so you start bringing in cultures that were a romanticized, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but also didn't have sexual hangups.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. That's the Puritans and the, the British that, that were here had to begin with. And so you mix that with the steamy heat of the, <laughs> <Sam>. <laughs> the climate and all of that stuff. And it just makes for this like romanticized architecture and literature and characters really that are also just more like like, culturally seeped into something that's not afraid of life, sex, death, any of that stuff, right? Yeah. 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 That's
1: and totally yeah, good point. yeah, and it's it's funny to think that at some point the South was not the one that had puritanical views of sex. I know. But see, that's, considering- how, that's <laughs> how I was thinking. <laughs> right. That's, that's where we are um, now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, at least we got uh, our, our Lord and Savior Blanche Devereaux to to go to bat for us yes but yeah but but i will say like i i kind of butchered the explanation a little bit princess weeks explains it much more academically and much more beautifully so i highly recommend that video because it's awesome sauce cool yeah absolutely
2: yeah (laughs) i definitely want to look at it yeah i was wondering if it was just a time period thing because if you think about like even in the vampire chronicle novels You've got, mm-hmm. you know, French vampires and Spanish vampires, and they all are, are like thousands of years old. But American vampires yeah. can't be that old. And what's like yeah. the biggest thing that you could point to that there is romanticism about there is like this huge cultural touchstone that everybody knows about. Then it's yeah. like, well, he's from the Civil War. I guess you could yeah. have Revolutionary War vampires, but for some reason that doesn't sound as interesting. I don't it I don't might want- also- I don't want like the the wig and everything on my on my vampires
0: (laughs) it might also also like it's it's where it's where most of these stories are located right it's not just you know it's new orleans is sexier savannah is sexier like all of these like you know um, it's a steamy
1: thing and then (laughs) twilight and then twilight comes in with forks washington it's so sexy (laughs) up there so sexy up in forks washington
2: (laughs) You know what I did always think was really interesting is that, like, with magical correspondences, you have the elements that tie to the directions. And, like, mm-hmm. that's how I remember it, basically. It's like, oh, the South is a little fiery. Like, yeah.
1: The, the yeah. North is very, like, th-
2: salt of the Earth. And then East Coast is all intellectual, so that's air. And West Coast is the West Coast, so it's water.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it, it's like a Avatar the Last Airbender. Uh, but also, I think I kind of mentioned this. Uh, maybe, I, maybe even though I do think there's a lot to be said with what Princess Week says, it might also be it's easier for American vampires to be part of like you know 1840s to 1860s because that's Victorian, yeah, and we associate vampires with being Victorian because of uh, Dracula, and that's so kinda, we don't. Okay. Yeah, we didn't really have a Victorian. We didn't really have Victorian. We had the Civil War antebellum thing, you know. Right, Um, right. That's completely romanticized. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. And that's what I
0: think brings it always back to that, is it's a romanticized period of Mm -hmm. time, even Even though it was horrible. Yes. Yeah. And it it was horrible everywhere, but especially here. Yes, Uh, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Well, and you also had... You know, there's a like big excuse for it, right? You had lots of men in one mm-hmm. area that were dying anyway, kind of right. thing. So right. it's like, a, you know, it's like um, when a lot of the stories about vampires, like over in England, it was like during the plague, right? Yeah. People were dying
1: yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For <laughs> yeah. <sure>. yeah. But <laughs> so, so now that now that That's we've turned into ancestor. a vampire. <laughs> Yes. I love it. <laughs> now that we've turned into a vampire podcast,
2: uh, hey, again it's says everything. The, yes, witches and vampires go together like I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. like just watch AHS and uh, yeah, like any other story that's ever been on television that's about witches <laughs> and vampires. <laughs> They're always in freaking New Orleans, right? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Discovery <laughs> of Witches was really good. Did you? Did either of y'all watch that?
0: Yes, Shay's giving I've me read a the face. books. I or read no, the books was, and then I watched it, and the books are definitely better than the. All the, the books are yeah, the television sure. show, but yeah. Which book? A discovery of witches. Discovery of witches.
1: I meant to read the book, and I heard that it was it. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll give it a try. I heard it was very Twilight-ish, and I was kind of like out of my Twilight phase mm,
0: when it, I heard that, it's, so it's. In some ways, it it's is, more but mature. I feel like it's definite. It's it's more mature, and I also feel like it's definitely more a, of a social commentary. Yeah. Okay, I'll give about, it a try. Like where um, we have like come a ra- now a race since that book was written. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: okay. yeah, yeah. I'll give it a try. Why not?
0: And I, I really liked all the
2: main actors in that, so I enjoyed the show. Yes. But yeah, that was pretty good.
1: Um.
2: I feel like I was about to say something, and it just went straight out of my brain. I'm sure it'll pop what, up right here. What here.
1: What, what is your uh, – do you have anyone, any spotlights, oh, any witchy oh. spotlights?
2: Yes. So I have an Instagram account
1: that mm. I wanted to
2: talk about. Um, she calls herself the Wholesome Witch, um, and this is somebody who brands herself as – I think she – it's like a maybe holistic – coach or nutritionist or something like that but her whole thing is kitchen witchery which is a very big deal to me and um she um has a course that I'm actually looking at and she does retreats um but she also has the cutest little graphics that she puts up like little infographics for specifically kitchen witchery so like today she put up one that is foods for in bulk and it's fresh baked breads and spiced apple pancakes and roast potatoes with garlic and onion like she has all of these little foods and herbs and stuff and then ties them back like butternut squash soup for balance ginger green tea for health so that's just so my thing I love it so much and um it's a really really cute site and Instagram account so you should definitely check it out the wholesome witch the
0: wholesome witch okay yep Um, let's see mine. I have two. it's so hard because there's so many, like whenever there are people that I just love on every single day. Um, but mine, I'm not really going to focus so much on witchy stuff, uh, this time around, because I have just had, there is a, there's an incredible human. That has a TikTok and uh, Instagram account, and you can tell that he had his TikTok probably first, and then turned it over, and and so because they're both different. Um, but on TikTok, it's waiting for Guffman, and on Instagram, it's Christopher Ryan Stamy. And Shay, I feel like if you do not follow this human, he nails every. Southern character you have ever encountered <laughs> in your small town church community, and um, I might know, I might know who you are talking. That sounds about. so familiar. I, think I oh, do. For Guffman. Oh my gosh. He Oh, waiting for kills me. I'll give yeah, him a no, try. Waiting yeah. for Guffman was the movie, a Christopher Guest yeah. movie. But this is I. It's um, and I'll put it and make sure to put it in the show notes. But it's W eight I N G four Number four, Guffman on TikTok. Um, And it's Christopher, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R, Ryan, R-Y-A-N, Stamey, S-T-A-M-E-Y on Instagram. But I laugh every single freaking time because- God bless him. He like he just nails like he's known all of these people and the thing that I love is we have all known all of these people in our lives and in our churches and in our neighborhood and growing up and and he just it kills me. Um bless your heart. There was oh yeah, my there's, gosh, no, one, that he there's, there's so one that he much did. There's one like- that he did that's
2: He did this one as like Sister Carolyn trying not to cry during church announcements or something. Oh my gosh, but she
0: cries every single time. Yes, it's like, it just, it kills me. Um, He actually did a whole thing with all of these these, uh, women presenting characters, right, that are all at the church, but they all go on a retreat. Uh, Like a church retreat. And so you see little bits of the one who's making the drinks and the one who cooks all the food and the one who talks about everybody behind their back and the one who (laughs) snoops through other people's phones and they are talking to each other, but it's only like from a first person, like talking to the other person with no interaction. So he's just brilliant with the way he does it. Um, I love him and I can watch him all the time. And I've passed him on to so many people who I know Mm -hmm. love characters uh and then my other one is i drink kombucha all the time as a person who has IBS as a person who's had like digestive issues for a long time i love i love kombucha and here in atlanta we have a company called witchy kombuchi and i love the marketing i love the flavors that they're doing but i also love the fact that like even the other day on their instagram and tiktok they were at a local restaurant and they were plugging that local restaurant and uh, giving them props and how you should go and check them out too. And I'm sure it's a it's a restaurant that their product is in, but it's just always nice to see when people are paying it forward for the business mm-hmm. that they're getting, for the businesses that are are, you know using them and their flavors are just freaking outrageously delicious. Like they have, uh, like their ginger peach is really good. They've got one with jalapeno. Like it's just, uh, yeah, it's I think it's jalapeno cherry. And so it's like, it's really interesting, but he also talks about like creating, you know, like basically like breeding SCOBY he talks about what it is and how it, how you do it. And, um, and they also are a, um, a shoot off of see like to that. Star, C to Star yeah, yeah, Collective. Yeah. That's where yeah. it came from. And that's where okay. they have their headquarters. And so, like they come from Witchy people cool. too. So you're yeah. So it's um I love their product. I love to drink their product, but I also like their Instagram and their TikTok. And it's uh Witchy W mm. I T C H Y Kombuchi K O M B V C H Y. I feel like oh, I yeah. follow
1: them somewhere.
2: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I wanna try. Where where do you yeah. um where well, have you been getting it? Like is it just like at restaurants or can you get it at any markets?
0: They do have it at Nuts and Berries. I've bought it at Nuts and Berries before.
1: Okay. Cool. Yeah. I think we that's what we should drink um, when we're watching <laughs> Love Witch.
0: Uh, <laughs> Or you know, or the Vavitch, like because the they use The Vavitch. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm so right, glad v that v other people call it the Vavitch. <laughs> Every time I think that, I always want to say it in in um, Carol Kane's voice from Princess Bride. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm never wife. wife. But after what you just said, I don't even want to be that anymore. I love that movie so much.
2: And the um but, uh, De- in the Decatur Square, our courthouse down there has like the letters, as V's as U's. Um or U's as V's, sorry. And every time I look at it, I'm like, Kavort of House. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just sounds like Dracula
1: saying it or something. <laughs> kavort of <have> House. <laughs> Welcome to my Kavort of House. <laughs> Actually, that just sounds uh. like um, Nadia from uh, "What We Do in the Shadows." <laughs> I hate these. Uh, this is a very vampire-heavy episode, <laughs> and, and I'm so here for it. <laughs> well, I, you know,
0: we are we are going to talk about you know Valentine's Day and
1: yeah, um, that's pretty yeah. vampirey-ish.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. So let's get into some of this because we're, we're actually, um, broadcasting a little early instead of doing it on the full moon, uh, yes. because we have a lot to talk about with Imbolc coming up and, you know, that's the first and second of February. And it's, it's something that I have always, it's one of my favorites, I guess. Um, even though Brigid's not the goddess for me per se all the time, um, I know, I know you have a special connection with her. Um, Shay. It,
1: yes, it's, it, it's weird. Cause I never thought I would, I didn't think that I would. It's because she keeps popping up.
0: Hmm. Oh, you know okay. what I
1: mean? It's like a
2: synchronicity thing.
1: Yeah. Cause there's uh, honestly, I, I know that everyone has their particular goddess or deity that they venerate or revere i don't usually wor- use the word worship because you know i was raised catholic that that word is is a little different for me but i do mm-hmm. venerate certain deities and the big one that i've been venerating for quite a few years now is Aradia, um, which is not a goddess that a lot of people know much about um i think i talked about her a little bit on the last episode. Uh, it was a very long mm-hmm. episode. We talked about so many things, <laughs> but, including um, vampires. Including vampires. This this is a covert vampire, covert D <laughs> podcast. We're just luring you in with the witchy stuff. Um, but you know, Aradia is always. I noticed one of the reasons why I feel drawn to Aradia is because her her backstory is so convoluted and if you were to ask some people they would say oh the daughter of the moon goddess Diana which is you know some people might take as blasphemy because Diana is supposed to be a virgin goddess but she's also the daughter of the sun god Apollo or um, Helios depending on I guess Helios because it's Italy and um, but she's supposed to be the, da- so basically the daughter of the the moon and the sun. And some Christianized, very Christianized versions of that story, because Lucifer used to be the name of a sun god in Etruscan culture, Um, that she was actually the daughter of Diana and Lucifer. And so people started seeing that she was like the daughter of the devil, when really she was supposed to be the daughter of a sun god. Mm. And I was always kind of attracted to her story, where basically she's, you know, there's there's uh, a pagan and a Christian element in it, and you know, I'm the Episcopagan. and also the fact that she's supposed to be kind of like witchy Jesus in a way, because you know, but I yeah, things like that, and so that was the main goddess that I was always attract like attracted to, I venerated. Um, and I still do like, I, I have her tattoo on my arm. Um, you know, I've also been very attracted to Lilith, which is also, you know, Judeo-Christian folkloric figure. Um, but Bridget, I never, I never thought about Bridget. You know, I was, you know, very Italian, very Catholic. So I tended to, you know, be closer to Diana, Aradia, because Aradia is Etruscan, which is Italian. Um, Mary, Lilith. You know, imagery from Catholicism and you know Italian folklore, and I know I'm kind of talking in circles. I apologize, but and and that was also my mom's side of the family. You know, the Catholic Italians, um, because that's also my witchier side of the family. My dad's side, which is you know very English, very English, probably Gaelic and Celt over on his side. I don't pay much attention to that side of my family that much, and. But I just notice over the years, I keep getting these it, – it feels like I keep getting these signs that I'm supposed to do more digging into Bridget. And I am sorry that I spent like five minutes talking about Aradia and other goddesses before I got to Bridget. But thank you for being on that journey with me. Um, <laughs> but it, it's kind of weird. So I hesitate to tell the story because I feel – this is something that can get me canceled real quick. And I'm I'm not famous, so I can't get canceled. But like
2: I don't think I we have wanna- <laughs> enough followers for that yet, love.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm just <laughs> saying for future reference. Uh but so this is a weird story because it it all comes down to I didn't know what to do. Um and I so my family is actually getting starting to be pretty supportive of my witchiness. Like they don't understand and, like, I think on some level, you know, they're still p- secretly praying for me. But, you know, <laughs> like, they're supportive. You know, when I got the Aradia tattoo, my mom didn't, like, freak out or anything. Um, things like that. Like, you know, they my family, you know, gets me witchy gifts for Christmas. You know, things like that. Like, they're, they're decently supportive. If not always not very understanding. Um, and my brother... A couple years ago, like before the pandemic, he got me a gift from when he and his then fiance now wife, were in New Orleans. And maybe you guys know where I'm going with this. But he went into and being people that don't quite understand, you know, what. So a lot of Christians, a lot of my Christian family, they don't understand that not all witchiness is the same, nor is it appropriate to practice some practices if you are from a certain background. Right. You know, like, I'm Italian. I'm British. I'm not going to be practicing Santeria.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I'm
1: not going to be um, – I, I don't practice Vodun. I don't practice Hoodoo. I don't, I don't practice things that are not of my heritage because I don't want to appropriate somebody else's culture. I will read about it. Uh, You Mm -hmm. know, I might, if I find it interesting, I'll study it and I will respect other people's practices of it, but I am not going to practice it because it's a, it's appropriation and that's, you know, it's shitty. Um, That's, that's the understatement of the century. Appropriation is shitty. Um, (laughs) Welcome to our (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Yes, it's shitty. We're, we, and, um, but my brother doesn't quite understand that. I don't practice Vodun. And so he bought me a Loa statue of a Vodun Loa. So like a, a spirit, a, a, a deity, you know, for people to understand, I don't know if they would revert, refer to them as deities, but like for understanding's sake, basically a deity in Vodun religion. And I didn't actually know who it was at first because I don't practice it. At first, I thought it was Papa Legba because it had a skull. It had a skull face and a green suit and a green pork pie hat. I'm like, oh, this is Papa Legba. Well, this isn't my practice, but I'm of the opinion that it is always bad luck to give away a present. Like, it's one thing if you've had something for a while and you're like doing, you know, kind of Maria Kondoing. <laughs> you know, it's one thing if, if you're like, you know, purging some stuff, but it's like... I've always thought it was like bad luck to like immediately give away a present because you just don't want it. You know, like I've always Mm -hmm. found that to be bad luck. And so I didn't want to give it away. And plus, my brother gave it to me with good intentions. But I'm like, this isn't my practice, but I'll just I'll just prop him up in my window and he'll just chill out in the window and he'll just be like my roommate. I won't pray to him. I won't ask him for anything. I won't disrespect him that way. And that'll be fine. And then I did some like research. Turns out it's not Papa Legba. It's Baron Somdi, which is a very, very, very strong Loa in in the Vodun religion. And it's and he is not to be trifled with, from my understanding, and he's not to be disrespected. So I was like, holy shit, oops. And I and at this point, I'm like, do I I don't want to give him away because I don't know if that's disrespectful. I'm definitely not going to pray to him because that's not my practice. Uh, That is, I don't, I don't want to disrespect him that way. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. And Don't you think
0: though that giving him a place of like equality in your home is respect
2: though? And admitting the fact that you didn't know what to do with him.
1: Yeah, right, I, I put him. Right. He seems to be happy by the window. He seems to always really thrive by a windowsill. Okay. I, he like he seems to like it. He seems to really like a windowsill, and I, that's that's where I've always put him, no matter where I lived. Uh, I, sadly, he kind of had to stay in storage when I was living in Villa which is not good. But I was. I was in a very cramped space and I didn't have much You were protecting him. <laughs> yeah, I actually did. Like when I when I kept him in the box, I wrapped him in like a blanket and I placed him very gingerly in the box, like making okay. sure he wasn't like covered by other things. Um, but then I did some research into him because I was curious. And turns out in the Vodou tradition, he has a spouse named Maman Brigitte. And Maman Brigitte oh. is a version it's it's basically a voodoo you know how basically um french catholic missionaries mm-hmm. came to uh you know uh, af- uh north northern african people as well as caribbean people and they were like hey you're practicing our religion now and you don't get a say in it right um and for a lot of you know uh I- islandic people and northern african people they're like sure we'll practice your religion but really mm-hmm. they just kind of like mesh their religion with Catholicism to make it so that they could still practice what they truly believed. Right. Um, Well, apparently they, they kind of took the figure of St. Bridget of Kildare, which is a a Christianized version of the goddess Bridget and -hmm. turned her into Maman Brigitte. And now she is the wife of Baron Somdi. So, and then last year for Christmas, just completely for no reason, my mom's friend, who doesn't even talk to me, like she's not she, – she's my mom's friend, she just felt compelled to give me a little um, ornament of St. Bridget of Kildare. which And so everyone keeps – I feel like I just keep getting pushed towards yeah. Bridget of Kildare, which – and also, just little side note here, Bridget of Kildare, St. – for all of you Catholics that are mad at me for associating – uh, saints with goddesses saint bridget of kildare may not have been a real person she very well may have it's like a radia a may have been a real person or she just could have been a folkloric figure um what probably happened was that the catholics took saint bridget who was a goddess of fire and wisdom and poetry and motherhood and like mother's milk um, mm-hmm. and and so like she's represented by cows and oxen for that reason and they kind of, they're like, well, the the Irish people really seem to like St. Brigid, but we need them to be Catholics. So uh, now she's a saint, everybody. You guys can still worship her and venerate her. Just remember, she's a saint now. She's not a goddess. So The
0: thing, though, know, I, I think one of the, I mean, to me, and this goes back to um, being, you know, uh, smacked by the divine trout. Um <laughs> <laughs> is the fact that she's like she she's the patroness of like smithcraft right but she's also yeah. the patroness of poetry yeah. and you are our bard which <laughs> so it makes a whole hell of a lot of sense that you would have some sort of connection to Brigid. um i also the muses probably as well but yeah you know she's she's right up your alley
1: uh-huh. <laughs> she she really is and i think i was And I think, and again, thank you for going on that journey with me. I know I talked a lot about different um, deities on my way to get to the British thing. It's amazing. Um, But I, well, it, because she is, you know, that dualistic figure because, you know, Lilith, Lilith is a a Jewish figure. And, you know, sometimes, you know, she kind of became, I don't want to say she's Judeo-Christian because Christians really don't um talk christians really don't talk about lilith that much up until recently and also there's a big difference between what lilith truly was in jewish folklore as opposed to what she has become as a literary figure yeah and i think we all kind of understand lilith even i to some extent i need to learn more about her we understand her as a literary um figure but Mm. like she's still yeah
0: She's part of the creation story, right? So, right. It, in Christianity, she doesn't count. No. Yeah, well, <laughs> she's Eve suppo- was the first woman as far as creation goes, mm-hmm. and so um, yeah, and yeah, she's not, not Christian at all.
1: Right. Yeah, and Lilith was the disobedient one. Um, but, yeah, but, but it's but not, she's not still... even acknowledged. Like I was, I was raised, um, you
2: know, in Southern Baptist, Baptist and non denominational schools and mm-hmm. churches and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't know the, the story of Lilith until I got to college.
1: I didn't like, know until high school I well I guess I kinda heard like little like inklings of it in like middle school, but I didn't like know anything about her until high school. Um but the thing is like she's still she's a
0: thank she's you, become sort of
1: I know <laughs> Thank you, nineties. <laughs> um but the '90s witches gotta love them. Um, yep. but I, I, but I, you know, I, I, I'm drawn to her because you know she is a pagan figure now, but she also has ties to you know the Judeo-Christian God, and Aradia in a way because in some you know lore she she is trying some. Lore, this is I have such an issue with this because Charles Leland. Wrote her wrote Aradia as um, she is constantly trying to wrestle with the fact that she's the daughter of the devil and she's trying to make up for that fact. I'm like, that's not what that is. She's the she's the daughter of a sun god. That's not the same thing as the devil. Um, but even with that, In there's Christianity like Christianity It is though true. But she yeah, also yeah. like when you look at her story of Aradia, there's a lot of um, foils to Jesus because her mother is a is a virgin goddess Diana mary was a virgin um you know some people refer refer to the son as a version of god you know helios is 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 her father was a god essentially um jesus was supposed to you know you know be be the the, the the shepherd of man and in a way she was she she kind of rallied up all the disenfranchised women and you know taught them to you know worship the moon and dance naked in the woods uh there, there's there's more to it it's not just dancing naked in the woods but um but you know there's there's a Christian connection there and then there's a Christian connection with you know the goddess Brigid and so I wonder if like this is I'm just as the Episcopagan, I'm always just going to be attracted to the goddesses that are kind of you know a, a little a little Christian but not really you know what I mean yeah. so yeah Again, sorry, I'm I told Jenny that I wasn't gonna be talking a lot <laughs> in this episode. I said I probably won't talk a lot in this episode. <laughs> but then, and we then this is talking happens. about
2: deities and
1: <laughs> Yeah. Well it's fun. De- it's fun to talk about deities. But yeah, so that's that's I think I think Bridget has always been like, you know, nibbling at the edges of my mind, going, Hey, I'm here. Speaking of Bridget, and I call her Brigid, yeah. like
0: it's there's Breed, it, uh, you know, all different versions. Yeah. Um in bulk, which is you know, evening of February first through the evening of the second, um, mm-hmm. is also known as Saint Bridget's Day, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Saint Patrick, for coming through and you know <laughs> making everything uh, to be about the Catholic Church. Um, yeah, <laughs> but it's it's you know it's it's marking the beginning of spring,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, uh, and of course when we speak of these things, most of uh, The Sabbaths that we celebrate now are based on the UK version, Irish version of what the holidays were. Yeah. Um, So it's Lamas on the other side of the world at the Mm -hmm. same time. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, uh, there's, you know, we're finally starting to begin the very like tiny shoots of green that are going into Mm -hmm. the spring. And I've always loved in bulk because, um, it's, I guess I've lived, so I've lived in Texas and I've lived in Chicago. I've lived in Michigan. I've lived in Georgia. I've lived in California and, spring has always meant something completely different in every state that I've lived in based on the weather and how it mm-hmm. has felt. And I felt like most of my magic and most of the things that I feel in my body are so tied to what's going on in the weather. But there's something about Imbolc that still has that shadow darkness of winter like looming over it, Yeah. but this little like ray of hope it starts to come in that i've always loved right and it's it's also because fire is used in that to kind of create that ray of light to bring in what's happening so i've you know i i've lo- i've loved the work that i've done during imbolc anytime i have rededicated myself to magic rededicated myself to a goddess i have done it around that time either imbolc or stara mhm you know it's not the the, the witchy the time beginning. of year that we think of yes it's the time that like we're like it's kind of a rebirth time for everything right right um and so i i've loved working at this time of year i also love the closeness to valentine's day it's it's really interesting because most people have like big holiday and rituals around Christmas or Thanksgiving or even 4th of July here, you know, in the U S and, um, my mom, for some reason, after my parents got divorced, she made Valentine's day to be this bigger thing.
1: Um,
0: and I loved it because it was not expected, you know, like when she first started doing it, uh, it was after my parents got divorced that she started treating it that way. And I loved that. It was almost like Christmas morning. Because I would come out that morning and she'd have all of these like presents and candies and stuff on the table and always made like a big deal out of it. And I don't even know, I've never even really asked her why, other than maybe it was just the time of the year that she could afford more things because of that time of the year, you know, and, but I also, I feel like it started my energetic connection to this time of year for some reason, and it being around love and fertility and hope. And I feel like that's where it it all kind of came from. Um, And so I know I've brought up the whole being smacked by the divine trout (laughs) a few times. Um, So I actually wrote an article about this decades ago now in the 90s um, about when I, interesting enough, uh, Shay, when I first started out in Wicca and I first started dedicating myself, I was in a relationship with somebody who was very Celtic. Like we are talking, were the kilts, had the long red hair. <laughs> like I would be surprised if he like, you know, still to this day, didn't carry a sword around.
1: Oh, um, <laughs> let, let me guess, this guy liked the Renaissance <laughs> fair, didn't he? Maybe.
0: <laughs> you know, what, what's funny is that We would go, but not as much as he, we, I mean, we seriously, we went to Beltane and Samhain every year in Texas, um, with the CMA and, uh, he was very, very ingrained in the people in the CMA. And so, uh, whenever I first dedicated myself for the very first time ever, I dedicated myself to Brigid.
2: Hmm. This is after
0: I'd been doing magic for about a year. It made sense. I was an artist. I loved music, like all this other stuff. That began the year of me doing nothing magically. Oh, nothing. Oh, wow. Huh. Um, as much as I was immersing myself in it and doing coven work, and all, like there was just something spiritually that was not connecting. And I ended up getting out of that relationship and and getting another one and getting out of that one. And spending some time by myself. And at that time I started writing erotica, you know, this was back, you know, with IRC and not the internet was not what it is now. This was the nineties. And, um, it was the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> it was the 90s. Yes. Um, and yeah, we, yeah. Shout out, shout out to that <laughs> human too. He's amazing. Um, but, um, it, what was interesting was it was in bulk that I did my, I did Hillary and I did it too. Um, Hillary. He was also a bard. We've talked about her before um, who did, the spoken word is just her magical talent. Um, we both, we both dedicated ourselves to Brigid because that's where we were being called or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I was just more facilitating everyone else's experience that time mm-hmm. with everyone. There were like four of us and we were all doing our dedications and we were going to dedicate ourselves and so later that year, my friend Alex, who had been at this I guess sort of, you know, spiritual wickening, um, I had started doing the writing. I started looking at my life. I started looking at my patterns. I started looking at the kind of person that I actually was and being authentic and being authentic as a sexual being, as a woman, um, without shame of being called a slut or a whore or any of those things that I had been, even like I had close friends that were like, you should really look at your life. You should really look at your behavior. And, you know, uh, um, I, <laughs> I, I started, yeah, I started immersing myself more in, in erotica and writing and, and exploring things, exploring shadow, sexuality, like all of that. And I sat down with Alex one night, we were just kind of hanging out. And I said, you know, I really think I picked the wrong goddess. Because my magic has just been nothing since bulk. And she was like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, I really think that the goddesses that I should be working with right now are Venus and Aphrodite. Like based in sexuality, based in love, okay. based in beauty, based in uh, aesthetics, all of these things. And she was like, well, no shit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> She was like, have you looked in the mirror? Have you looked at yourself? Have you looked at your life lately? And I was like, well, yes, I'm telling you that right now that I am looking at it. And she, and this was, I think it wasn't over text because we didn't really have that yet. But I want to say that it was over some sort of messaging thing. And she did like the asterisks and then smacked you in the head with a divine trout and then (laughs) asterisk afterwards. (laughs) And what's so funny is I immediately like got the witches together and we did another dedication. I rededicated myself and, um, she actually made me this and I have it somewhere still. This is back, you know, this is like, like I said, decades old. She had painted me on this just like regular piece of paper and added glitter and all kinds of shit to it. This divine paper trout to put on my altar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, um, so that's where that story came from, but also it came from like what you were talking about, Shay, like, um, where I thought I was going and then where I wasn't. And once I started getting into love and sex magic and fire magic, and the reason why I think I went with Brigid was because of the fire element and, and, uh, that was, she was a, a very strong persona, right? She was a very strong goddess in, when it comes to working with fire, um, but once I changed that and I changed over the magic that I was working with and how I how I was perceiving magic and how I was perceiving what I should be doing with magic, everything opened up and shifted. Mm-hmm. And like every day I was feeling it. Every day I was doing rituals. Every day, like every, you know, moon cycle I was doing magic, um, I, I invited way more um, other like women in my life that wanted to do work because this was, like I said, this was the nineties. We didn't really do a lot of magic unless it was a big festival. We didn't do a lot of magic outside of women being in circle together mm-hmm. and um, uh, mainly because there was a lot of problematic stuff going on in any of the covens that had men in it. So, uh, mm, uh, so yeah. you know, uh, that's kind of when everything sort of shifted and started over and That kind of became the journey that I have gotten to where I am now with love and sex magic and then having to change the way I looked at sex magic because, you know, there's lots of people online that talk about tantric magic and spiritual sexuality and all of the things that are out there, but I have very rarely consciously ever performed sex magic with another person. Hmm. So the sex magic that I have done has been me alone in a room Mm -hmm. and focusing all that intent, because it's easier for me to focus all that energy intent, not on another being with another being in the room. Like to me, that's, that's been the best outcome, I guess I should say. Not that I haven't had sex magic with another person. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't as conscious Because it was just the mixture of the energy and everything that was coming together. Um, Well, and not as ethically
2: gray because if you're, if you're dealing with sex magic and, uh, you're not discussing it with your partner ahead of time. It's not exactly ethical.
0: <laughs> and, yeah. and one of the things I had to just learn in my life was that I was a sexual healer. And so I didn't realize that I was doing magic when I was being intimate with someone, even just making out or whatever. I didn't realize that that's what I was doing at the time because that's where my natural um, magical talents kind of lied, right? Mm-hmm. It was in, in that realm. Um yeah, Shay My Mars is in Leo.
1: Nice. <laughs> With my Thank son. You. So
0: yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's um well it's is Leo. Definitely...
1: Is Leo exalted in Mars? I know Aries is exalted in the Sun. Or the Sun is exalted in Aries. I don't think so. I might be I, I only it's, know I mean well, Leo I get is my pod, sign. Yeah, Leo Leo is
0: my sign. It's my ruling planet.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, the well, sun. well, Yeah, sun's your ruling yeah. planet. I, yeah, um, but what, what is your, what is your rising again, Ursula? Um, my rising is Taurus. So like your Venus, Venus is your ruling planet. Yeah, well, yeah. Venus is your chart ruler. And right. I have, yeah. I have two chart rulers. Um, the stormy planets. The stormy, <laughs> the stormy planets, uh, a philosophy and dreams, which is why I overanalyze fucking everything. <laughs> <laughs> the sun but is my your...
2: ruling planet actually
1: or my yeah ruler. oh yeah 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 because it's i always forget if it's scorpio or leo that you're rising i always because i know leo, it's all fixed. leo rising scorpio moon all right we, we got
2: we pulled off a of versatile story sorry i'm oh, sorry no, it's okay.
0: no yeah taurus is my rising my venus is in gemini my Ooh. sun my mars and my mercury are all in leo
2: Okay, my um, my Mars is Leo. My Venus is in Gemini. We had mm. we, there are yeah, other so we have those we need those to look similar, at our yeah charts together. Yeah.
1: My yeah, I
0: got
1: my rising Venus and Mars are all in Pisces, and that's why people think I'm a Pisces when they meet me. <laughs> and that's my moon,
0: so yeah, yeah, that's why we get along.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of Piscean I, energy. I,
1: I yeah, and I'm also a little naive sometimes. <laughs> i I feel like my aquarian moon needs to like smack me upside the head when i'm being naive it's like hey my
2: big three are always fighting with each other like my my leo is in the future my scorpio is in the past Taurus is just like, let's just smoke a joint and like.
0: Out and be <laughs> be drinking be merry. Exactly. I, it's like one of you always has a foot in the future. One always has a foot in the past. Can't we just fucking be in the hot tub right now? Like, together, exactly. Present. Yes. We, we can all be drinking and
1: banging yeah. in the hot
2: tub.
0: Yeah.
2: I that do have a question for Taurus Ursula. A <laughs> sure. I
1: sure. do have, I do have a question for Ursula. Do you think because I still feel dedicated to a mm-hmm. Um, like you know, I, I I got the tattoo. If I'm not dedicated, then I'm fucked. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's like the equivalent of a uh, of getting like your girlfriend. Like <laughs> like, oh, that's even worse. <laughs> and then you got to scratch it out and get another tattoo of the new girlfriend on it. Um, Why no well, forever? Like, do do you feel like you can be dedicated to more than one goddess? Because maybe maybe it's my divorced kid energy, where it's like I feel. <laughs> I can, make, I, I can have a step goddess. Yeah. Well, it's like, I can well, make both my mom and dad happy. I can make both these goddesses happy.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. And I think it's, I think part of it, and I'm definitely there right now. Um, because I feel like, you know, when you're looking at goddesses, right, you're looking at these entities, it's really just a facet of a major energy ball, right? That's, You know, it's you're you're looking at basically this huge diamond that's got cuts all over it, right, that that reflect something. Mm -hmm. And Mm so there are going to be different facets that shine their light on what part of life you're in. And, you know, like right now, Hecate is shining really bright with me because I'm entering the crone period of my life. I'm doing more teaching. I, you know, like I can understand sort of like the mother of witches and how, like, and how she can embrace all three, you know, maiden, mother, crone aspects of, of being a human, um, myself versus the maiden, mother, crone aspect of the goddess. Um, but I also, ever since I left my marriage and got divorced and went through that whole process, I have been very, very connected to Rhiannon. And that's sort of like, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to, take my time. I'm going to punish myself, you know, to, to prove that I'm a good person. Um, I'm going to be a strong mother. I'm, I'm going to sit in my sovereignty and look for that person that I'm their equal. And I'm i I'm the queen and I'm not, you know, I'm not belittled. I'm not lower than someone else. So uh, I'm, I've been in that place for quite some time where two goddesses are speaking to me. I feel like at the same time, Um, The last time I did a dedication, I did dedicate myself to Rhiannon because I really just needed to get back to that place where I I was like, I'm not martyring myself anymore over my relationship and my situation. I am the fucking queen of my own universe. Mm -hmm. I am worthy of equal love and equal stature and equal seating in my relationships. And I'm not going to lower myself to fit somebody else's expectation or standard. And I actually was having dreams about birds and horses and like, just like all the time, like hitting me. But then once I started getting more and more perimenopausal and into the menopausal stage, I started feeling that power that you get when all of a sudden your body is no longer burdened to having children and to, you know, creating other life and being this person. And my kids are now old enough that they are their own people and they are creating their own paths and their own lives. And we're having more conversations about, well, you know, here I need advice. I don't need you to tell me when to eat, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I definitely 100% believe that you can ask and every day, like every morning I have my, my I have, I've actually thought about putting this on our YouTube or something because I have my prayer sort of that I speak every day and it's a prayer slash affirmation slash, you know, I'm going to manifest my day. And like, Mm -hmm. these are the things that I need help with. Um, But I do that every day and almost every day. Sometimes there's other ones. Sometimes there's other goddesses that I'm like, I really need the help of Brigid today because I need to come up with some great content. And some words that I don't have in my brain right now, but every day I at least, uh, include Rhiannon and Hecate in Mm -hmm. my little ritual I do. So I don't, I don't, because I feel like they're all part of a bigger whole. I don't really feel like separating. I I feel like, like, what energy are you feeling is shining in your, your spirit, you know, that you want to work with.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: I have a question, just because as someone who doesn't um, really work with deities, like I've always, (laughs) I've identified with Venus, but that's very much a Taurian thing. Um, Right. And that's kind of as far as that goes. But I've always just been curious, you know, people individually, like, do you stay within one pantheon? Do you flip flop in between, like, hopefully culturally sensitive, you know, no
1: matter what? But unless Baron Samedi is living on your windowsill. Um.
2: (laughs) But I mean, like, I I know plenty of people who talk about goddesses, you know, in terms of kind of being like that many faces of one energy or whatever. But it's, you know, it's Venus, it's Isis, it's, you know, it's like from all these different pantheons. And I wonder how other people have dealt with that.
0: My experience that I have had because when I look at goddesses and I know that they come from different pantheons, different parts of the world, different cultures. To me, they've always been this entity that's so revered in my heart. Mm -hmm. But back in the day when I was, when I was working a lot more sex magic on a regular basis and I was younger, I was still in my twenties and early thirties. I did revere and call on like the energy of Ocean because she was mm-hmm. just juicy and luscious right. and uninhibited. And, but it wasn't that I was like, I'm looking to be African, right? <laughs> like I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't looking yeah. for any of this stuff. What I was looking is like, I need that energy. like earthy, watery, mm-hmm. like just uninhibited, deep down in my own sexuality, my own body that... I am not going to get from a goddess that's in the UK, right? I'm not going to get that. I'm not going to get that deep down. Um, And then also when I was going through my divorce, I did have a Yamaya candle because I was like, "I I need that prosperity. I need that strength. I need to be with my kids. I need my family. And I needed that like mother warrior, like, fuck yeah, I am here with you. Mm -hmm. I am going to stand by your side. I never looked at anything as like, I am taking on this culture. It's a, I am, you know, like I, it's, if I was just, you know, like mama Oprah for everybody, if I'm looking to, you know, there, there are people who are like, I am looking to you because you have the wisdom, you have the words, you have the status, you have whatever, um, to me, that's, that's how I looked at it. Mm -hmm. Um, I never dedicated myself to any of those practices, any of those goddesses, any of the stuff that came along with it, but I absolutely revere and, uh, ethically sourced any of the candles that I had or Mm -hmm. any of the, any of the stuff around that energy, because it's, it's one of the reasons why, you know, so many of the saint stuff works magically, right? Um, I'm not Catholic. But I'll be damned if I did not, you know, bury that saint underground to sell my house because mm-hmm. there's, you know, upside down underground. To, to, was it Joseph? Um, I think that, so. Uh, mm-hmm. That because the amount of belief and energy that's behind that that mm-hmm. statue is so strong, right? Um, and so the way I've always felt around this particular subject is I have... utmost reverence for any God and goddess that has been on this earth. And there have been ones that I have felt connection with without feeling like I needed to culturally bring myself into that place, but their voice was really loud, you know, whenever I've needed it. There are parts of the world that I feel more tied to, you know, like, like I feel like I'm being drawn to go and visit there. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the other issue that you often have to deal with though, as well is like, I have a lot of, of women who have done circle with me or who have taken classes with me or whatever, who are white, who feel very strongly connected to Egyptian deities, Egyptian culture, Egyptian magic. And it's very difficult when you can't speak to what lives they have lived before they have been here. And why mm-hmm. something is ringing so loudly in their ears, um, and so I, I, you know, I'm always like, well, I can't speak to Egyptian magic. I've never done em- Egyptian. I, I, I can understand and feel empathy or compassion with goddesses uh, or gods from there, but I feel no absolute connection from mm-hmm. f- of any of those stories at all, you know. But there are people who feel such strong connections within their bodies. And it's like the thing that's always comes up and symbolism always comes up and all. And it's, and, and that's when I'm like,
1: I I can't, you
0: know, I can't tell you that if that's like what keeps like ringing and that those are the symbols that keep coming to you. I can't tell you that it's wrong for you. What I can tell you is that, you know, put your, uh, I always say this because I have a lot of friends who are belly dancers too. And I have b- white belly dancer friends. And we've had this conversation about appropriation and every single one of them are like, put your money where your mouth is. Like if you're making money and you're doing a good, like you're, you're making a name for yourself in this art form that is not from here. Where are you sourcing your costumes from? Where are you sourcing your education from? Yeah. Where are you visiting? Where, like, you know, what, what are you going to do to give back, you know, with what it is that you are appropriating? Right. Um, and so I, you know, I just try to, I try to remember that, but then I also, you know, with me, it just comes down to like, a, oh gosh, yes. Thank you for being here. Thank you for, for listening. Thank you for recognizing that your energy is the energy that I need. Cause I needed the energy of somebody who's strong and who's grounded. Right. Um, you know, when none of the goddesses that I'm working with right now are, have the same kind of energy that you have. And yeah, I could get canceled for that too. Who knows? Um, well, I mean, I, you're not—it's
1: well, you're not being like I'm going to practice whatever I want, and you can just go no, Fuck no yourself. Yes, you're not saying no, it like that. No, no. Well, and it, well, I mean, because I've I've I don't know if I've ever felt like called, you know, to Yamoya or uh, Mamiwata or Oshun, but I have. I I was intrigued by them. I never. I didn't like candles. I didn't, um, I, I didn't practice with them or dedicate myself to them. But when I felt myself really intrigued by them, I did speak to a friend of mine, who she's she's Christian, like she's not a practitioner, but she does know a lot of that culture because she likes to. She actually works at the Renaissance Festival, and on. Big Bit Day, she will sometimes dress up as African goddesses, and oh. I think she did dress up as Yamoya, um, or maybe it was Mommy Wata, uh, one year. And so when I do have questions about, you know, African water goddesses, because she she does know a lot about African water goddess, she knows a lot about African folklore. She was the African storyteller um, at Ren Fair for years. So if I felt compelled to learn more about you know, the literature side of it and, and everything. I I usually go to her and that's the other thing. Like if you do feel compelled, like if you are, if you are a white person and you do feel compelled towards Egyptian or or North African cultures or whatever, that that's fine. But as you say, put your money where your mouth is, you know, give your money to people who actually know, you know, who, that is their culture, like, you know, learn from those people and, and learn from their wisdom um, if, if you also must. being
0: an ally and an advocate and, uh, and learn your history yeah. and, you know, don't just say, oh, well, this is, this goddess is pretty. This is what I, I you know, this one is right. the one that spoke to me. That's not what it's about. You know, mm-hmm. um, all, all the goddesses have sides to them and stories. And, um, you know, that's one of the things I had to learn whenever I was first working with Venus and Aphrodite is like, there's the other they side of the coin sides. to almost every goddess that you yeah. work with. And so while you might be in all love and beauty and all that stuff, you're also in jealousy and competition and envy and all of those other things that are on the other side. And I had to learn those things. Right. Um, uh, but I don't, you know, I, I follow a lot of people who are purveyors of a lot of different kinds of magic and who are seeped in a lot of different kinds of magic. And, I don't think I have met or seen anyone who, if you truly went to them and said, I keep having these dreams, I keep seeing these signs, I keep having these symbols, I keep feeling this is where my heart is being drawn that are going to say, "Uh, no. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, because... Um, it's like, it's- look in look inside yourself and see why you're drawn to that. Right. Like, look inside you... Like, because there was this one, I know we, we talked about, you know, the dreaded TikTok. Uh, there was... <laughs> Um, there, there was a, a, a BIPOC lady on TikTok, um, who was talking to the witch talk end of things going, if you're a white person and you're saying, but this, but, but this culture that is not my culture speaks to me, you know, look into your past, like look into your own heritage, see if there's like a, a bit of you that is like culturally connected to them. Right. Um, like, like culturally connected, because maybe that is your ancestors trying to talk to you and awaken something in you. Uh, keep in mind that was one person, uh, one one BIPOC on TikTok. I I can't say that they speak for everybody, but um, <laughs> right. but it's but yeah, because that's that that's kind of what I was. Or or yeah. you know, pay pass that pass person, mm-hmm. yeah, pay that person pay to for their labor,
0: be educated, yes. or to be a part. Like you know, let the person who is super educated and spiritually seeped in what they're doing, be the person who does the work, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And be a part of that however you can, whether you can financially help them, whether you can drive more people to help their business.
1: Um, Emotionally support them like, as well. You know, and, that, mm-hmm. and that
0: goes back to like put your money where your mouth is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like always.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know – uh, we were talking about it earlier before we hopped on. You know, if we're talking about like, um, well, because you know, it it is im It's not the beginning of spring, but it's the it's it's the promise of spring. Isn't I guess it, I should I, say. I
2: believe the word actually is like it means translated to in the belly.
1: Yeah, like the seeds in the belly or mm-hmm. something like that.
0: Yeah, so and, it's, it's
2: all about that. Like it's deep underground that growth right now.
1: Yeah, and
0: but it goes into know, Lupercalia. It goes into the festival lights. It goes into like what Valentine's Day became. Like it's mm-hmm, it's yeah. kind of all the the beginning of those things. And Lupercalia, Groundhog's Day,
1: <laughs> yes, Groundhog's well, Day. And, like
0: Lupercalia, like you know the the Romans basically. <laughs> <laughs> they would sacrifice a goat and a dog, and then they would whip the women with the hides <laughs> of these animals to make sure they were fertile. Like it's. You know, <laughs> Sounds like a sexy, sexy it's, time. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, it's, it's got some darkness to it. Like because we start are still <laughs> that shadowed, but it is also the beginning of thinking of like what, like fertility is going to be a thing. Right. Yeah. Um, I, it's funny that like most people who don't understand paganism or, or, uh, I'll just say paganism because that's really what it's it's mostly about. It's like, it's about how people existed and survived over a year. And Mm -hmm. most of these things were in an area, like think about what it would be like to live in Maine. (laughs) you know, with, with no modern comforts over the, the year. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. how much of that year are you storing and saving and Mm -hmm. barely surviving? And then like trying to make sure all the crops grew and all of the things, you know, would happen. Um, So it's, yeah, it's, it's in the belly, but it's, it's not like it is at Yule, right. Where, yeah it feels like that moment of I'm just going to close my eyes and die and be reborn, you mm-hmm. know, and then let the sun come back. It's that the sun is already back enough to make you feel like you've got some hope of survival for the rest of the year. Right. You know, like it's, it's like about you, to turn. you lost like the promise January that the sun in will return. Michigan. <laughs> 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 like when you're like, Oh my God, the snow is not going to be forever.
1: <laughs> it's just- well, it's like, <laughs> Yule is the promise that the sun will return, and then Imulk is the promise that the earth will return in a way. Oh, yes. yes. Not to interrupt you, sorry.
0: No, no, no. Um, that's exactly it. It's yeah. like you're you get the the it's not the glimmer of light that's hope, it's the glimmer of green uh-huh. that's hope. Mm-hmm. Like the growth and the crops and the animals, you know, you're gonna have sheep again, you're gonna have goats again, you're gonna have grain and corn and all of those things again. So yeah, it's just the very beginning of it. But I love this part of time, uh, in our year to actually kind of reevaluate my relationship with all of this, right. With the earth, with the universe, with my goddesses that I'm working with, with magic. Like, it just feels like that time that you really like take to you've gotten through most of the shadow work that you've done over the, the fall and the winter. And like, where am I going to go? You know, what seeds do yeah. I want to, to pick from? What packets yes. of seeds do I want to pick from
1: to grow over the next year? What's going to sprout that I didn't know was going to sprout. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I did pull a card earlier. Okay. So, um, and I don't know what it is, ladies, we keep getting sword cards. Mm. <laughs> We keep getting sword cards. Lots of
0: penises in the world. Oh, my. <laughs> I'm just going to say.
1: <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, for for those of you who didn't listen last time, which um, please please go back and do that. Um, Jenny, the last one that we pulled was uh, the three of swords, which uh-huh. is, you know, the scary one where there's three swords in the heart. <laughs> and Jenny said that she wanted to get that tattooed. I'm, and I'm- then actually and then a friend of ours, a good friend of ours, Lucas, um, he said that's kind of a perfect representation of, of of you ladies on the podcast, Three Swords, piercing the, the depths of our souls. And- I love that <laughs> interpretation of it.
2: No, I was like, we need to have that, like, worked into
1: our leg. Like, he said it a lot more eloquently. Logo, maybe
0: like- we just all need to get that tattoo together. We just that's all, yes! you know.
1: let's do it. I do want to get the full card tattoo on me, so maybe it'll be a, a double day. Yeah. All uh, right, so, so what, what it-
2: sword did we get?
1: So we got the Ace of Swords. Okay. Um, as an as an Aries, I, I love the Ace of Swords. Um, but and uh, in, in my little book that I have here, um, you know, just gonna read from it. It's like after a difficult time or setback, cut through inertia, doubts, and fears. Start again and overcome any obstacles. Which you know, I'm getting evicted. So that's I I I'm glad this card got pulled. <laughs> um, this is a time for learning, training, or retraining. A satisfactory legal settlement, resolution of a neighborhood or work dispute, <laughs> neighborhood dispute. Yep. Um, <laughs> I am getting evicted. Uh, or winning overdue recognition of effort at work, a good outcome of medical and surgical procedures. I feel like all the swords have something to do with medical procedures. Being um, cut open, Sure. Exactly. Right. And it's um, the situation calls for decisive action. But take a step back, think it through calmly and logically, then be prepared to confront negative people and less than honest situations head on, quietly and assertively, but without compromising your integrity. So a good time for thoughtful action, which is something that I will struggle with because I am very much a do first, think later type of person. (laughs) Um, And obviously this card is telling me, no, do Totally do the thing, but like think the thing first, and then do the thing.
0: <laughs> well, but, yeah, because you're dealing with intellectual realms, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Well, um, because well, swords are the card uh, that that's the card associated with air, mm-hmm. and air is mm-hmm. the element of, of logical and intellectual and thinking and and things like that. So, right. Yeah. So does the sword? And uh, for those of you who don't know, in my deck it's the sort of there the ace of swords is represented as a disembodied heavenly hand holding a giant sword in the sky so in case anyone you know i'm let, let me paint you a picture with my words <laughs> on this podcast this is going to turn into sexy tarot <laughs> asmr
2: oh well, so- and and vampires and vampires yeah, she always vampires but does, but, apparently
1: what does that mean does that mean anything to y'all or like the yes. decisive action you know having to confront neg- negative people and negative situations and overcoming hardships
2: you just described mm-hmm. my entire last month and I'm still oh. like embroiled in it but I'm, yeah. I'm actually dealing with a legal situation having to do with the house that we're trying to buy because um, the previous owners are going through a bankruptcy and a nasty divorce and we can't like we have to go through eight steps to get answers <laughs> from anybody because they will only meet in mediation and things like that. Um so like yeah. um favorable outcomes and legal issues, that would be great. But yeah, yes. this this yeah. last month has been I I just feel like I've been chewed up and spit out honestly. Just so much going on, but turning a corner.
1: You are, and I'm very proud of you. I know, I know some of the hardships that's going on, and you're, you're really, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. And I'm sorry that people are being dicks. No, I know we can't really. I know we can't say much, <laughs> but I am sorry that people are being dicks. Thank you. Love.
0: Well, what I, I, I will, what I'll I say is like, Ace of Swords. Ace of Swords definitely. Um, it's to me, it's the card that cuts through the shit. Yes, right? I, was, it's
2: I was thinking that. It's like cutting through yeah, the bullshit.
0: Yes, it's double-edged. Um, it's definitely the card of justice, um, but it's also like that whole, spy- it's the Spider-Man card for me because it's like, you know, um, when you wield the sword, you have power, but that power can cut both ways.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but the thing is, is, it's also a card, if it's upright, right? It's, it's kind of like new energy, um, things on intellectual terms, instead of emotional terms. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're going to actually start seeing some movement with this. That's not based in somebody's life kind of coming, crashing down, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so maybe this card is what you need to kind of cut through the bullshit and just get us our house. Exactly.
2: Oh my God. (laughs) It'd be amazing. Um, all right. We have to wrap up, but don't let me forget. I want to talk to you guys about whether or not you read reversals
0: because that could be a big topic.
1: I think that would yes. be a that that would be a long ass topic. Yes, I yeah. I have I, I, go I don't back read them in oracle cards
0: because generally oracle cards they don't have reversals with them. Yeah, right. But yeah, uh, yeah. The,
1: I do the way I always yellow. yeah, I I know we're we're gonna have to wrap it up, but the way I always see it is if the spirit of the card is not changed because it's reversed. Then, it, then, then I don't then I don't take it as a reversal. Like the Ace of Cups, if the Ace of Cups is upside down, that does change like, the nature of the card because the water is spilling out. That means that the water is spilling out of the All of your cup. creativity is
2: crashing down yes. around you. <laughs> like, but, it, but
1: but like with the Ace of Swords, I don't think it matters if that's upside down because in the in the in the imagery, like the hand is still clutching tight to the sword. Hmm. It's it's still like it still has a handle on the sword. So Let's I don't see that's an interesting that. Interesting
2: interpretation.
1: Generally, yeah. I just every card I read
2: as like a dualistic well, kind of thing. Anyways, there's always and a, a some of them are inner and outer. outer.
0: Yeah. yeah, and yeah. some of yeah. some of that some of that is just uh, it's it's what it is. Like so, Ace of Swords is a good one, right? It Reverse, it's yeah, it's not really like outer clarity. It's inner the- clarity. It's like mm-hmm. you know uh, how you think of a thing. Like uh, is your judgment mm-hmm. clouded? are you the one who is wielding power and you're not using it the way you should? So it's, yeah, uh, definitely, you know, it's, it's, it's gotta be a like a case of by case. Of thing. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah.
2: And then uh, there's whether or not
0: you're, it's all, like I said, this is always difficult with, with tarot and stuff because it's, you're dealing with situations. Are you talking about a person? Are you looking for this? You know, is it representative (laughs) of this man who's like a father figure in my life or, you know, like there's so much with symbolism and so much that can be interpreted. That's when you find the good people who are good with just like getting those messages like straight. Yeah. From somewhere that is unexplained.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And I just I, I, I we're just gonna be pulling all the swords at some point. We're not yeah. gonna, we're not gonna rest until we've pulled every just sword.
0: If we like pull swords every single show, then it's like, okay.
1: Right? What are we doing? But, uh. but really quick really quick, Jenny. I know we've ended Capricorn season mm. and we have now entered um the Aquarius season. Mm-hmm. So So yeah, Hi- lots of
2: all, all the alien vibes, all of the weird space vibes no um yeah we're but also we're the compassionate moving... vibes absolutely humanitarian yeah.
0: revolutionary vibes, <laughs> <Sorry>. revolutionary
2: <laughs> like they're they're the people's champion um yeah so aquarius season and also um venus just moved into pisces which is a kind of a
1: big deal and mm-hmm. which you you're you're yeah i'm a venus in pisces yeah <laughs> so um, so i'm gonna be writing a lot of sex poetry um <laughs> because bridget told I me to that. <laughs> i like it <laughs> okay. me that, we all have yeah, a whole let's give... come back and share <laughs> okay. so um show, we're i'm just sorry. gonna be I'm, reading I'm... our
0: sex poetry that we wrote
1: <laughs> yeah, well, i mean and vampire no, I mean, fan fiction
0: ne- well i mean yes. next next
1: next next episode <laughs> a little little hint there is going to be a lot of sexiness involved <gasps> and a lot of love involved.
0: It's not not a technical episode. It's a bonus episode that we're going to do.
1: It's going to be different. It'll be fun. It's going to be different, but it's going to be fun, and I'm going to be sitting there laughing, (laughs) laughing at everyone's discomfort.
0: We actually have an audience (laughs) that wants to be there while we record. I love that. I love that so much.
1: (laughs) I love you guys a whole bunch. I did enjoy talking about rigid with you guys and yeah. and getting hit in. The- by the way when we do start selling merch i think um getting slapped in the face with a divine trout would make yeah. a wonderful t-shirt absolutely uh. and I've, I've got some other ideas I've got, uh, <laughs> we're gonna do it we're gonna do it but That's i love you guys and happen. i <laughs> <laughs> and i hope you have a really good aquarius season you too and i can't wait to see y'all so next really... time for the yay Y'all, y'all
0: have a, a sexy full moon in Leo this, oh, this yeah. coming week too. Yes. Yeah.
1: Venus and Pisces full moons in Leo. We're gonna be all sexy as shit over here. I like it. <laughs> but yes. Anyway, but I love you guys a whole bunch. And you carry back. your swords into battle. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna or try to sign of off. Cards. Yes. <laughs> I'm love gonna try to sign off. I don't know love how. You. <laughs>